everybody? Welcome to Take After the Take. I'm here. I'm Dante Keller Woods with my main man, Michael Friends. What up? What up? What up? How you doing, bro? I'm doing well, man. It's, it's Friday Eve. Friday. I don't, Eve. I don't. Yeah, I don't call it Thursday. It's Friday Eve. I, I've never actually heard of that term. That's a good. That's like a new term or something. Is that? I mean, you're close to me and they, so I know it's not an old term. No, I've been I've been calling it Friday Eve for about maybe two, three years, man. <laughs> but it's like I try to stick with the young crowds, you know what I mean? <laughs> Friday Eve. So you talking about for the people that actually have jobs though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I guess it makes sense. Everybody looks forward to Friday and it's like Thursday is like that anticipation. Ooh, tomorrow's Friday. Well, make yourself feel better about Thursday and just call it Friday Eve. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you, I look forward to Sundays. That's, I look forward to Sundays too, but that's yeah, for no, different reasons. No, that's that. That's my favorite day of the week. Um, and then I like Mondays, man. Like Mondays are are um, a lot of people don't like Mondays, but those are the same people that have to get up and go to work every day. Yep. So you know my, what though? Everybody should cherish every day that they can wake up. Oh, absolutely. But how would you know if you didn't cherish every day that you woke up? Ah, oh, good question. That's got to think deep right there. Anyways, my man is wearing <laughs> the Lakers hat because I guess it's a rallying cry. You you think they're gonna pull it out? Um, I mean, I I'm always gonna side with LeBron. Always. I yeah. mean, I mean that yeah. is our just so you know, that is our first question of the day. Do you think the Lakers are gonna pull it out tonight? Of course I do. Of course I do. Now is that with 100% confidence? No, because I know what they're going up against right now. And I know the AD is not 100%. Right? right. Right. And like we were talking about, Montrezl Hale hasn't played yet really in this series. He played a little bit in the first couple games, but been MIA since. Right. Right. So, and we see what's going on with, you know, just the scoring machines that are over there, you know, over here in Phoenix. Right. Mm hmm. Mikael Bridges is showing out, doing something that he is he hasn't done before. This man is out here hitting damn near everything, right? Oh yeah. Cameron Payne's playing out of his mind. He's playing very well. So yeah. this is something that is is it's very interesting. I know what they're going up against. Of course, I'm going to side with Mr. King James because it's hard for me to bet against him ever. <laughs> He's right. been in this situation before. I mean, the man was not necessarily instrumental, but he was the biggest piece in the return from the the 3-1 deficit from Golden State. That should have never happened. Yeah, I agree with you that that could happen, but at the same time it's not going to happen. And the reason why is because those these characters and I, and it's kind of crazy I sent you you got the uh, message I sent you with um Kyle Kuzma. I did. <laughs> throwing up did. the half. Throwing up the You half. know, but the funny thing is I saw him look like at, when that happened, I was like why would like no? I was like, who's? Why would you do that? And then I see LeBron just look at him like, <laughs> yeah. I think I think uh, they have to look. You know, I think I think Kobe like dying. Rest his soul, my favorite player ever on the planet. I think Kobe dying hurt Kyle because I know he worked out with him in the summertime. But I don't yeah. think he stuck with the same principles that Kobe instilled with him. You know, Jason Tatum has definitely done that. 
Uh, yeah. Russell Westbrook has definitely done that. James Harden has done that, right? So I think that Kyle, man, I think I think he, you know, they said, Magic Johnson said this a long time ago, there are certain players that can handle the L.A. spotlight, right? The Handle being a Laker, pretty much, right? I don't think Kyle Kuzma can, I don't think he can handle being a Laker. I don't think he... He, I think the first year he had to like prove his name, which is the year, you know, that was the year LeBron wasn't there. It was LeBron's, his first year was LeBron last year in Cleveland, I believe. Yeah. But, so I think that he had to go out and prove something like, cause he was a second round pick. Right. So well, that, that's a great point because he didn't, he, he didn't come out with a big name. Right. And right. he was able to not have that pressure. He had that great rookie season. Right. Right. And now you've got two things. A, I've got to live up to what I just did. And now I've got LeBron on my team. Like, I think, I think what it is he's thinking. And too then much. on top of that, now the, that cherry is what you could be talking about. Yeah. I think he's thinking way too much um, about what's going on. Like, I think he's thinking way too much because when you have such a cerebral play, uh, player like LeBron James, right? He wants everybody to be thinking, he wants everybody to have a high IQ. I feel like this basketball team, uh, not disrespecting anybody on it, but I feel like they don't have some of the highest IQs on this team with the, some of the things <laughs> that are going on, right? And and speaking of the last game, like, you know, um, we were talking about Caldwell Pope and we were talking about Dennis uh, uh, Schroeder, right? They were just yeah. running around getting cardio out there. I mean, they both played like 20 plus minutes. Um, yeah. I I don't, I feel like still to this day, I feel like they're going to have to need, they need one more person, you know, sadly. Um, maybe a point guard. I think Chris Paul, like we talked about yesterday, would be perfect in this system. But they're definitely going to have to get rid of Kuz. Kuz. Uh, man, the dude, the stuff that he does, I just, I think he's kind of goofy. I mean, it's just like he does in the bubble. I thought it was just a bubble thing, like some of the shots he was shooting. And but man, you know, like maybe is playing with the king. You know, maybe he's um, what you some know. Some people adapt and some people star, don't. He's starstruck. You know, like bro, yeah. you, you get to play with this dude every single day. Like just you learn from him. What are you see, doing? See the moment, you know, he said he's learned. Right. It's the problem. I think he's just nervous. I think, I think they have, Hey, you, you know, when you were a little kid and you know, you did, well, I can speak for myself. Like if I was doing something I knew that was going to disappoint my parents. Right. I didn't want to do that. Like it's a difference between yeah. my parents getting upset and mad at me versus I'm disappointing you. You never want to hear right. the words, right? I'm I'm disappointed is the 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 worst thing you could hear. Like if somebody say I'm pissed, you know, I'm mad, right? You know they get over, but if somebody say I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> right, because you feel that the disappointment can last a little bit longer. There's something to make up for where I'm mad at you is like all right, cool. I'm going to get over that in a little bit. Right. right. So I, bro, I'm, I'm with you a million percent. I did the same thing. Like I could never, ever handle the, I'm disappointed in you. Like I couldn't. And, like, and oh, that's, damn, and that's, that. that's the look that LeBron is giving these guys. Like, man, I'm, I'm yeah. disappointed. Like I'm, yeah. I'm really disappointed in the play. 
So I don't, me personally, um, it's LeBron. You can't bet against LeBron, you know, but at the same time, if, if book, we said this on the phone, cause we didn't actually, uh, we, we didn't, we weren't able to have an episode, but we said this on the phone to each other. And I told you if D book comes out and plays like he did this was before he came out and did what he did, he dropped 30. If he does that again, this series is over. If Chris Paul does what he's doing, been been the point guard, DeAndre Aiden, you brought him up yesterday. If he comes out, if these guys and Mikel, like I told you, I told you, Mikel, watch out for that guy. Watch out for Mikel Bridges because Mikel is ascending. Um, shout out to Villanova right there. I didn't graduate from Villanova, but I know they produce great players. But he is he's ascending. So, I mean, I think this Phoenix Suns team, you know, there's been a lot of rumors that D-Book wanted to leave. I don't f- think he feels that way anymore. Um, I think he he still might want to stay there, but we'll see in the next couple of years. But I feel like if he's there and they bring back Chris Paul, this, son, this Suns team is going to be a team to reckon with. I mean, because they can only get better with the draft. And, and now – you're going to have free agents that possibly want to come play with those guys too. So mm-hmm. Phoenix could return to the glorious days of the nineties. And, you know, I'm glad you pointed it out yesterday because even though they were good in the two thousand and they had Steve Nash and Amari Stoddard, my favorite sons group was the Charles Barkley, Dan Marley, Kevin Johnson sons. Those were, those were my favorite sons, you know? So my mom was, a, yeah. my mom was a huge Phoenix Suns fan uh, because of Charles Barkley and we got to go watch that game. So I feel like, uh, I feel like they're on the rise, but I don't think they get, I don't think the Lakers, bro, if, 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 if goofy coos comes out and run around Pope and Schroeder come out, the Lakers are, the Lakers are going to be gone fishing this, this year. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron going to get to take that vacation that he wanted to take his family on a lot sooner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, I, the the question that I have for people though, not necessarily you, because I mean we've you just said who you've got already, but right. the question is if if you if you've got LeBron tonight, what makes you not say you don't have him in Game Seven, right? Because it's backs against the wall, right? Right, and it's you know it's it's hard to go against LeBron with the backs against the wall, so. If you've got them, if you've got them in Game Six, then you should have them in Game Seven. Outside of it being in a way. Oh yeah, 100%. so the Suns to me have to win tonight. They have to close. Oh yeah, they ha- no, it has to be a closeout. If and, yeah. and and let me just say that if the Suns don't close this series out, they're not winning this series. If they don't win tonight, yeah, or two, because I originally had the Lakers winning the series four two, but. Yeah. But then I, you know, we talked and I said, man, I think the Suns can get past the Lakers, you know. So if they close this game out, I mean, if they don't close this game out, LeBron is not losing the game seven. And and I'm sure Anthony Davis will, even if he's not 100%, I think he'll be a, he'll be somebody that's out there and just out there to, to uh, what do you call it? Hey, uh, he, he definitely needs to play tonight, too. I don't think he's going to play, but. 
See, that's that's where he, the, I think that's going to be he, advantage Phoenix. If he, even if he's out there as a decoy, that's what the word I was looking for. If he's out there as a decoy, I think it'll help them out. Yeah. You no, know, just to have that extra player out there that that gets scared, that scares the team. But if he's not series over, Suns are going to the second round of the playoffs. We'll see. It's got to close out tonight. All right, my man. Question for you. Yeah. What do you think? Because we didn't get a chance to talk about any MLB, and we're going to talk about some MLB right now. What do you think? We kind of touched on it yesterday when we were talking about Barry Bonds, and Mm -hmm. we were talking about, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a if you're a batter, right? You're complaining with the no hitters. You know, oh, the pitcher's got something on the ball. If you're a pitcher and they're hitting home runs, you're just like, man, you need to drug test that guy, right? This year seems to be the year of the no hitter again. What do you think about all of the no hitters that are happening right now? I'll tell you. For me, I, I actually love it. I because. I, I, I love to see – I'm the type that loves to see a competitive game. Right. Right? What, I mean, I could sit down. I'll watch a nine-inning game, and they go one nothing. Right. Because to me, it's just amazing to see those type of things happen. So when I see a no-hitter or even a perfect game, I applaud that. Right? Yeah. And, I mean, you, to me, you got to live with it until – if you want to challenge it, if a batter wants to challenge or a team wants to challenge a no-hitter or whatever was on the ball, do it bats whatever but i accept it for what it is until that proof comes out right right so i mean no hitters are extremely difficult and we do have to acknowledge it was funny i was looking at twitter yesterday and the detroit tigers acknowledged we said yes we know what anniversary it is and (laughs) we don't want to talk about it and it was uh armando galarraga's uh perfect game that was stopped with the last out right which was an actual out, out but yes it was yeah, but we, we won't talk about that any further. But anyway, we've seen what – I think we're up to – is it six? Is it five or six? I think it might be five. Five, five, right? It's five. And I think the most is seven in the season. So we're almost there at – Yeah, we're close. Yeah, we're almost there at probably breaking that, that, that number, right? And I like to see it because we have a lot of great hitters coming in. So yeah. uh-huh. if we have a lot of great hitters coming up, then you have to have great pitching to outdo that. And the last time I've seen great pitchers at one time in more recent times was like a Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander kind yeah. of battling it out, ALNL, right? Yeah. We had uh, Cole Hamels that was pitching pretty well. You Darvish has pitched pretty well, right? We had a great uh, – season from uh archer when he started out in tampa bay like we've seen flashes of 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 good pitching but when you've got hitters that are coming up like it's now the transition into baseball like Mm -hmm. new baseball new baseball yeah young baseball verlander is almost out clayton kershaw is is hurt my man albert pujols is on his what what was it the third team yeah his third team now and he's you know he's pushing 42 years old. So, or I think he is. Yeah. yeah. I think he's 41. Yeah. So 
the it, it's got a transition and i didn't want to see one side so now i can see both sides developing those guys that they have up in milwaukee oh yeah ballers yo they're ballers yeah <laughs> yeah and then of milwaukee. course you've got this, this this team this tandem of your san diego padres oh. like san diego padres hands down to me have a great I- I love that team, and I'm going next week to watch a game. Uh, I, I I love that team. You know, I'm I'm quickly becoming a bandwagon fan. You know, um, especially because of my man, my main man Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, you know, like that's my guy. But you were right, bro. It's six no hitters so far this year. Um, what what I like, um, what I like about I'm glad that you touched on this. Me growing up, when I started playing baseball, and I was three years old when I started playing baseball, my favorite thing about the game was pitching. Nolan Ryan was my favorite player. Um, well, he was my favorite pitcher. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nolan Ryan was hands down my dude. Um, loved watching him pitch. Um, Roger Clemens was was one of those guys I was definitely, you know, one, and I loved watching those guys pitch. And then, you know, my dad said, well, there was another one, Satchel Paige. Um, People don't know about him. Old school man played till he was 52 years old. Yeah. Right. Um, That, that made me want to be, become a pitcher, but then I had some tendonitis in my, in my right elbow and and I didn't want my dad didn't want me to have Tommy John or anything like that. So I, I moved to middle infield, uh, which is where I ended up playing. So to me, though, I love the aspect that where baseball lives and this changes up every few years, just like you touched upon. It, it goes from a hitters league to a defensive league back to a defensive league in transition to uh, a hitters league because we got Acuna Jr., we have uh, Fernando Tatis. We have um, we have Mr. Judge. You know, we have Mr. Stanton. We have a, a bevy, Martinez in Boston. Um, and then you touched upon, um, you did touch upon Pujols. That, that segues into the, my next question. What do you think about him signing with the Dodgers? Do you think he should have just retired? Or you think he's trying to get one more ring? Or do you do you think that Anaheim, do you like the way they let him go? Or do you think they should have been a little bit more respectful? Maybe tell them at the beginning of the year, hey, we're going to go into a rebuild. We're going to like let you go now. But he got picked up by the Dodgers, so he's still in that L.A. area. So I, there's – it's quite a quite a uh, it's quite a load of couple of questions. So <laughs> I love him joining the Dodgers. I love it. Yeah, yeah, right. Because growing up, my favorite player overall was Ken Griffey Jr. Now I grew up watching Nolan Ryan. I got to you know watch Frank Thomas. I got to watch Barry Bonds damn near from the beginning. Right. So there, I've seen a lot of the greats that were pro- like you know eighties, nineties, and two thousands. Right. Right. And Pujols was my after Ken Griffey Jr. Like, so after Ken Griffey Jr. was starting to slow down a little bit, I'm trans- there's a transition period where I'm like, Albert Pujols is a special person, right? Yeah. So I've loved Albert Pujols since I watched him 
in a Cardinals uniform and his rookie year and just watch like, oh my gosh, this is a great guy that I'm watching, right? I'm transitioning that now, which is funny that you ask me these questions because I have that transition now where I know my man Pujols is going to be done soon. Yeah. And I'm looking at players like Tatis, like, yo, Tatis, Acuna, those two are going to be like Griffey and Thomas or Bonds and McGuire, right? And I'm not talking home run stature, which they could be because these guys are really good. Yeah. But I'm talking the competitiveness when you can sit here and say there's like two batters that go at it all the time. It's, yeah. it's going to be these, these guys at the top, right? Yeah. yeah. So I love that he's with the Dodgers. Let him get that ring because I want him to play till he's 80. I don't want to see the man retire. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I mean by that. I didn't want to see Ken Griffey Jr. retire. Right. It's still it's still hard to watch baseball for me sometimes when I'm sitting here like, damn, this this isn't 90s and early 2000s baseball, right? I go, bro. Ken has been out of the league a long time. <laughs> right. And not just that, but he's already in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. yeah. But this is, this is what I'm talking about is like that feeling – I have that feeling with Pools. I don't want to see him retire. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I want to see him go out. I want to see him get as many rings as possible. And I'm I'm not necessarily rooting for the Dodgers, but if he so happens to get it, cool, do it, right? Yeah. But I have that transition phase where now it's like, okay, who's the next person? Because I'm on that with LeBron where I'm like, John Morant is my next person in line that I, I'm going to follow, right? Yeah, yeah. So when it, I'm cool with that. I, I have a feeling on the Angel situation. I think the Angels, I think out of respect, they did it the way that they did it. Because they before it got too late in the end of the season and they knew they weren't going to really do anything, they right. said, look, make this, make an immediate change and go to whoever you want. We're going to give you that respect and go do what you want. I don't think there was a bad thing because you had a, at one point a healthy Angels team. Unfortunately, Mike Trout, which I was going to follow up with the question here, Mike Trout continues to get hurt yeah and unfortunately history probably will not be made now mike trout could have easily been the best baseball player we would have all seen ever yeah yeah and i don't think his injuries are going to allow that i think he's going to be hindered by that yeah but that that also i just hate you know always talking about the same things but trout that that happened He's hurt. He's out. Shohei Otani, he's doing great, right? As far as being able to play both positions, he's dangerous in both positions. He started out great during the beginning of the season. His last couple outings have been meh, right? Yeah. But I don't think the Angels have an identity right now at all because they don't know what to do. Yeah, they don't. They haven't in in quite some time, actually. You know, even having Pujols there and having Mike Trout there, even when my boy Vernon Wells was there, you know, for mm-hmm. a little bit, um, they they never, to me, they just been the, you know, like the Clippers are, right? They're, they're the second, they're the second team in the the L.A. Orange County area, right? They're the baseball so, Clippers, yes. Yeah, they're, they're the baseball 100%. Clippers. So, um, that you know, they've always had good players, and you know, and like you just said, possibly the best player at one point, you know, so with his injuries, you know, and, and that's why I was, you know, to go back to AD, I feel like that's what's going to hurt the Lakers. I mean, you got to keep this in mind. 
if LeBron decides to retire here in the next two years, right? Mm-hmm. You building around AD. AD has always been hurt. He was hurt in New Orleans, right? Yeah. So they have to really start. This is why I want. This is the, what the point. You know, just to go back to the baseball, basketball, real quick. This is why I want you to recognize with the Lakers. If you take LeBron and AD off of that team, the Pelicans are better than that team. Absolutely, hundred percent. I'm a, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go even further. <coughs> even though they had the worst, I think the second worst uh, record in the league. Talent wise, like up and coming talent wise, the Pistons roster is better than the Lakers roster, right? And the reason why I say that, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you because Wesley Matthews, he's gotten hurt. <clears throat> I think they, I know that depends on certain things, but I think they, they should have kept Troy Daniels first of all. Um, you know, Troy Daniels is one of the best shooters in the game. He just never gets an opportunity. You know, he was with Phoenix for a little bit, but he, the man can shoot lights out. Okay. So if you talking about, you need shooters. He's probably the most consistent shooter ever. Caldwell Pope, I think that has a lot to do with the fact that LeBron, he signed with the same agent. He signed with Rich Paul. Okay. He's with Clutch Sports. Yeah. Caldwell Pope, even though he starts, he's not a starter. Like, I mean, the dude is not a starter. He's a good role player. And that's why I was trying to point to you yesterday. I feel like they have a lot of role players. Oh, they do. That they are starters. Like they're they're not even, you know, Caruso and, and out of all the the role players, he's probably the one you keep because he has the most energy, you know. Yeah. Um, Kuz may go somewhere and play well, you know, maybe he goes to Utah, you know, goes back home. Maybe he goes to Detroit where he's from. Right. And maybe he plays well. I just think that, like I say, he may be a little starstruck, but that's how I feel the, then just to swing it, bring it all the way back to Anaheim angels, right. The Los Angeles angels of Anaheim, right. <laughs> Whatever they're called these days. Yeah. That long name <laughs> for no reason. Um, I feel like, they are that team. I think, hands down, the Clippers have a better roster, right? I don't know if they have the better. I don't think they have players that that complement each other, though, if that makes any sense, right? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, besides Ray John Rondo, they need to bring in. Okay, let me ask you this. What if they would have brought in Chris Paul? He didn't want to go to the Clippers, but – what if he would have came back to to the Clippers? Add Chris Paul to that team. That's a different team. You uh, add Chris Paul to any team, and it's a different team. No, that, which is true. I love Chris Paul. Um, yeah. You, you, but I'm just saying, like, even though I love Rajon, he has, you know, Rajon is a good point guard, but I feel like Chris Paul is what Rajon Rondo um, should have become right. You know, they have both have a great mindset. They both can pass the ball. Remember, Rajon was averaging a triple double at one point, right? In this well, career, Rajon Rondo and Chris Paul are two of the last true point guards. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So the only difference that separates the two is personality. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I, I oh, feel yeah. like I feel like Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think, I'm trying to say which one, which 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 other point guard out there, you know, because now we have a bunch of hybrid point guards. Even though Russell Westbrook averaged triple double, he's a hybrid point guard, right? That's, that's my point. That's yeah, my point. and you got De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento, he's a hybrid point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, you have I mean, I'm I'm just sitting here thinking, don't well would you consider Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving a true point guard? I think they're both hybrid point guards as well. Like I feel like they both can run the two, the two guard. They score. I don't think Steph is a point guard at all, to be honest with you. I think Steph, I think if let me let me throw another hypothetical at you. I know you probably <laughs> I saw your face. What if Chris Paul went to Golden State? <laughs> I don't think that would what are you gonna do? Move Steph Curry to the two and throw yes. a play at the three? Yes. Chris That's Paul is comfortable. Crystal, Chris Paul, I mean, uh, Steph Curry is comfortable at the two. It's, it was discussed this year. He's oh, I, I, Yeah, well, but this year also Clay Thompson isn't here. So, and no, I'm talking about next year, right? Yeah. You know, if they, it, but this is the thing Steve Kerr's, Steve Kerr's system doesn't really a lot for a true point guard. It's a ball movement system like the Sa- San Antonio Spurs system, right? You can have those hybrid players, right? I, it's not that's that's what kind of confused me about Mike D'Antoni's system, right? When because Chris Paul likes to move the ball around, and when Chris Paul went to Houston, that was very confusing to me because James Harden and I wanted to, I wanted to, I want. Not, and that's the thing. I I think I think. I agree with you on the Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving because James Harden is a better point guard than Kyrie Irving. Yes, and that's why Kyrie Irving moved himself to two guard. He said, "Look, dude, you're the best point guard of this team." You know that was an actual quote he said. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to talk about real quick the James Harden and Giannis. Um, oh. <laughs> going back. I saw what Giannis said. I saw what Giannis said. And, you know, he said, you know, I don't want to play with anybody that just holds the ball all game. And he's true. That's true. Because that's the reason. That was my point. Chris Paul went to the Houston Rockets. And it was sometimes he was just standing there. Like, you know, that's not Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul wasted two years in Houston, to be honest with you. Like, I, I feel like he wasted those two years in Houston. Because, you know, even though they might have gone to a championship, like I know he doesn't care about stats, but he probably would have had at least two thousand more stats those two years if he wouldn't have wasted in Houston. Then James Harden claps back and says, "You know, I wish I can just run around and and dunk the ball all day. You don't need any skill for that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah then, then and then uh, I mean, for what he said this morning, he's like, well, like, "Yeah, they got they got." They have, Kevin, they have, yeah, they have some really Kevin, great Kyrie players. And, Kevin, Kyrie, and Blake Griffin. <laughs> that, that's so, hilarious to me. So but, it's clear that they don't like each other. Yeah, so this should make for an interesting, I mean, of course, that type of, of narrative being set is setting the tone for probably what we're going to see within there because still, 
I, the Nets should sweep these guys. Milwaukee has not been playing really all that well this whole season. Yeah, I mean, no, they're not. But we I, got we actually got off topic from baseball. We went back no, right. No, we, we got, no, we didn't get off topic from baseball. It, it oh. all. It all correlates. It all correlates. Okay. It correlates to the Angels, right? You know, they're they're this they're a bunch of players with a, a couple of stars that you know that you know, and don't forget about Rendon. Rendon is is also a World Series champion, you know. So can we address that real quick though? Do you think that he was worth what was it, two hundred plus million? I don't get caught up in that stuff. And the reason why, because when players, you if you're going to blame it on anything, blame it on the market. Because I blame it on the market. I definitely blame it on the market. But when I, when I look at that as, I'm not concerned with the, the money. I don't give a shit. But that's when, when, when you get something like that, that puts you into a tier based on your star level, right? You would think that somebody getting paid that much is top tier. Do you feel he's a top tier baseball player? Oh no, not not really, because I know how the baseball pay scale works. He didn't get paid top tier money. He just got paid for the performance he had of that year. So he got rewarded for that year, and he got rewarded for future upside, which he hasn't made any noise since joining. The, I mean, well, to be to be fair though, last year was a COVID year, and then now we have this year, but he hasn't really made any noise but hell if 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 they had a need which the angels did and and that was the asking price at that time and i i want to say scott boris is his agent scott boris is known to to drive up the prices i mean hell you can make an argument uh, about at least 10 of his players don't deserve the money that they got right but that's the baseball market and until you put an actual cap on it i mean you're gonna see you're going to see more and more players that are, you know, they're going to have a breakout playoff year, right? Which is what right. happened with Rendon. He had consistent numbers, but right. they, you're going to have a, a breakout playoff year. And then what's going to happen is a team that has that need, that particular need, going to say, I need that guy. And then Scott Boris is going to say, well, I mean, you got to pay this guy $250 million or whatever it was, right? So here, here the reason why I even bring this up and I, I completely agree with what you're saying here. But when I when I see what, what goes on here, and I'm like, you know, yes, he filled a need. But is he a system, like, a, like a, a product of the Washington system specifically? Because over Washington, with their pitching crew that they have, or had at the time, mm-hmm there was a lot of weight that was not put on the offensive shoulder. Right. Right. All right. So then you go over to Anaheim where that's not the case, (laughs) right? You have to produce runs over in Anaheim. Their pitching is not top tier like Washington's was. Yeah. So now, now it exposes in that sense, maybe a little bit of a different perspective of what type of, player Rendon now is and I'm not saying he's bad well but when you I, sit here and get these contracts and and these contracts are dealt out now you're setting precedents for the next ones and the next ones and the next ones well I, when, I I feel like in that sense once again right it's been it was a COVID year 
Um, the same argument could be made, right? Um, with with Albert, right? Albert had a, in my opinion, a better career in St. Louis. Um, hundred percent. He had a better career in St. Louis. So when he got paid all that money to come to Anaheim, I mean, he hasn't. He still was Albert Pujols. He was still hitting, but you know, when you take when you when Anaheim has been notorious for throwing money at people. Like, I mean, they they just they put themselves in a little bit of a hole with the Mike Trout situation if he stays injury injury prone, right? You can make that yeah. argument. That, did he deserve that money because he's injury prone, right? But baseball pays you for the upside, not they pay you for the upside and what you're currently doing, not what like I said, Mike Trout, if you hit if you hit 50 home runs in a year, there's going to, if it's not the Anaheim Angels, there's going to be some team. The Yankees offered him a boatload of money as well, right? But he wanted to stay in Anaheim. So, you know, I think it's just overall, you got to, if you're going to pick the fight, you have to pick the fight with baseball. It's, it's a baseball situation. Maybe we cap certain positions. Maybe they start capping certain positions, but I'm going to be honest. I don't want to mess up anybody's money. Because hopefully right. one day my son plays baseball and he makes five hundred million dollars in the season. A- so. Agreed. Right. A- agreed, and, and 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 I'm with that. But are they are our teams quick to dish out all this money? Like, are they going over? There's there's ways to build a team based on skill level, right? And I'm not saying that. Well, I mean, the whole, level, you talking about. Listen, you talking about the old money ball and you know the Oakland Athletics that had yeah. the smallest payroll ever and won. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But to where you don't need something like a 270 million dollar player or Mike Trout at 400 plus million, right? right? Because look at what's happening when that does happen. Mike Trout still continues to be that could bite them in the ass, right? That's what we're yeah. sitting here talking about. Giancarlo Stanton I mean, for a while there, he was looking like he wasn't worth the money, right? Three hundred plus million dollars. Miguel Cabrera. Now, I'm not saying Miguel wasn't worth it early in the ten year career in the ten year contract, but these last maybe four years, five years, bro. And well, they're, no, they're but that, that, that goes contract. back to what I was just saying. They get paid for what will will happen in the future, and maybe that's something that baseball needs to look at because. Yeah. I mean, um, Bobby Bonilla, for example, he had an outrageous contract with the Mets. That, and I think up until this year or, or next year, he's still going to be getting paid. You know, it just it, it worries me for players like Lindor, Tatis, and how I said, I think the next one is going to be a Cunha. Yeah, right? he hasn't got his deal yet, but it worries me on those. Right. Because I don't want to see their their careers end up where they're not worth anything you know what i mean i've seen well, it all i mean a lot of stuff comes into play right you know what is that team building towards are these players going to be injury prone you know a lot of that that comes in you know um fernando has actually been on the dl i think twice this year so and we know how of an exciting player he is but he's still young so like i said i feel like baseball is pain for the they're paying for the upside and they're paying for okay what have you done for me lately this is what you did i'm gonna pay you a whole lot i'm gonna pay you a shit ton of money and that's exactly um 
why I think the, these guys got these type of contracts. Yeah. And and John Carlos, you know, he had, I mean, he had he had great seasons in Miami, you know. Yeah, um, he did. Yeah, he was one he he's still one of my favorite players. Well, he had he had exciting seasons. He yeah. was one of those that he touches the ball, it's gone. If he doesn't, he's gonna be missing. I mean, he hit, he was hitting 40, 50 home runs in those right, games. right. But there's a difference between hitting that 40, 50 home runs with a 300 average and going below that. Yeah. I mean, right? but but that's that's the thing in baseball, right? You only have to get paid for hitting the ball three times out of 10 in baseball. Right. And that's where I like, I, I don't know. I, I it's something that I feel because I love baseball, but I wish it wasn't like that. I wish that there was more more attention paid to or more rewards towards the actual like skill portion of the game. Home runs yeah, are, are great. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong. I agree. I agree. I feel like I definitely feel like middle infielders um, should definitely get paid. More pitchers should definitely get paid. Like they should set tiers, just like in the NFL. NFL, I don't agree with them having the type of salary cap they have. I think they should definitely pay their players. They should give them Agreed. guaranteed contracts. I mean, they yeah. make a shit ton of money. So Agreed. Agreed. I think I think it should definitely be um, guaranteed. But maybe you know, quarterbacks get paid at a certain tier. Receivers get paid at a certain tier. Maybe that's what they're in the in the MLB needs to look at. Pitchers, if you if you're a Clayton Kershaw, right, somewhere in that caliber, you know, you you get paid a certain amount of money. Um, Mike, you know, Mike Stanton and all those guys, all those guys are are just. They're outfielders, right? They can hit the ball a long way. But right. we've seen that him and Judge have been both injured, right? Mm -hmm. So the Yankees have been notorious with throwing money at people a long time. I think they've gotten a little smarter. I think their team is is that they're building. But I think everybody needs to take the model away from the – from the what's that? Um, Sorry, it was, a, it was a website I had pulled up. Yeah, everybody needs to take, you know, a lesson from the Boston Red Sox. You know, the Red Sox, every time they always have, their farm system is one of the best, has always been one of the best. And every single time, you know, I take Mookie Betts. I love Mookie, you know. Um, I take Mookie Betts. They weren't going to pay him all that money because right. they knew they had players in waiting, right? So, Mookie still is a great player, came over here and got his money. Mookie is probably the only player that's gotten his money, um, besides Fernando, in my opinion, and um, that has been producing since he got his money. You know, I mean, right. the, the dude is balling out of control. He won the World Series, you know, so. Yeah, and he almost, wait, didn't he win in MVP already over in L.A.? Yeah, he, he won as a Red Sox player. So, oh, as a Red Sox player, yeah. yeah so, I, I didn't know if he won. Who did he come close? Who came? Who won AL MVP last year? I thought it was him. No, no, no. He won NL and NL. Yeah, he won AL with the Red Sox and NL with the Dodgers. Yeah, so he did yeah. win one with the Dodgers. Yeah, that's what I figured. And and Mookie is one of those players, and I, I like what you said about skill. Even though he plays in the outfield, he does mm -hmm. a lot of shit on the offensive side of the ball. Like yeah, he the way he still for average. Hits. Yeah, he hits for average. You know, and. I, I would like to point out Derek Jeter, right? He didn't hit a lot of home runs, but the captain was a consistent hitter, you know? Right. So, you know, so. I think 
I think that comes though, like between, and, and you're gonna understand this a little more than probably most. But I think this comes from being a trader. It's the difference between understanding the charts and being able to call a hundred plus pit move, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Compared to somebody who's just gonna take the call. Right. Absolutely. Right. right. That's kind of what I compare it to. There's nothing wrong with either way, but th- there's something that lies in with being able to do more than just hit home runs or right. whatnot. Right. Now I do, I do feel that pitchers should never ever win the MVP award. I, I disagree with that because they have the Cy Young award. They have an award specifically for them. That's the pitching MVP. Yeah. But if you, let's just say, I think I have to look this up. I think Verlander was probably maybe the last MVP. I don't know. Kershaw. Kershaw was. Okay. Well, the one before that was was Verlander. And I say this knowing that one of my favorite pitchers, this this benefited him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, But the, but the perfect example about, is that, though. You got to think about it. Because hit the Triple Crown that year. So that year, though, Miguel should have probably won the MVP. You know, when it, doing the triple crown, triple crown is a hard thing to do. Not not very many players do it, but I think Verlander had a great season as well. Like when you when you win nineteen twenty games, which is I think what he won. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah. You, and I think he even had two no hitters, if not at least one. Yeah, so I mean, the dude was the man, and then Clayton Kershaw, same thing. I mean, I think one year he went fifteen and one or something like that when he won it. So. That's a very hard thing to do when people aren't hitting you like baseball. That's what people come there to see. Honestly, they come there to see. I'm one of those guys that like the defensive side. So I feel like if if you if if you're a player and you're a pitcher, because this is the deal. Shortstops don't shortstops and second baseman and third baseman unless they're hitting well and even first baseman. Right. Unless they're hitting well, they don't even get looked at as becoming an MVP. You have right. to be hit. The the Cy Young, you're right about that, right? But at the same time, there are people in the NFL, right, that win Offensive Player of the Year and then win the MVP as well, right? You know, they can win Defensive Player of the Year. I think I, I think Ray Lewis was probably the last person that won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. 2005. Uh, yeah, so – you got to look at it in those type of terms. Like, I feel like if they had that type of year, now we haven't seen that type of year in a long time, you know, like Clayton was what a few years ago. So, yeah, but I'm going to tell you right now, if one of these pitchers throws two no hitters in one season, you got to, you got to, you got to consider him and they have a good record. You got to consider them MVP. That's a hard thing to do. I know you disagree. I disagree. We're going to agree to disagree on that that subject because I feel like they they should be they should be. Think about it. If you if a guy if he has you know I mean there has been players you write that have done. Um, I think Mookie did something last year that a lot of players. Mookie did. Mookie um, was um, was amazing. Like he did it on both the offensive and defensive sides. Which here's my point as to why I like my disagreeing side. Right. Is because if someone can do it on both sides of the of the ball, yeah, right. For one, pitchers can't do that because pitchers don't hit like natural hitters do. Right? You have Madison Bumgarner who will hit, 
Very but, well. But unless, unless you're in, you know, unless you're you're in the Anaheim Zaner organization, and he de- well, you're Shohei, Shohei Otani. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Otani. But, but but who who's the last person that they're comparing him to that ever did what he's doing right now? I don't, I don't know any. Babe Ruth. Oh, Babe Ruth, yeah. Because Babe Ruth did both pitch and hit and or yeah. field, right? Yeah. He's right. the last person to actually even do that. Right. So it's an anomaly, and the standard is the fact that unless you're in the NL, you don't even have to – you don't even have to bat in the right. AL. Right, no, in the AL. In the AL. So for me, for me, Justin Verlander, sorry, brother, but um, that has to go to Miguel Cabrera. I agree with that, though. I agree with with it going to. I think they dropped the ball on that. Absolutely, like, yeah, I, you, like it's just for me. Like, you have let to me ask you this. Me. Let me ask you this, though. We know what type of game baseball is. We know that they didn't allow people of color. Do you think that was a privilege? M- MVP award. Do you, because baseball likes to have the faces of baseball, right? Even though. Uh-huh. Like before, hell, I think even before Derek Jeter had retired, right? Mike yeah. Trout was named the 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 future face of baseball, right? Yeah, and then all of a sudden he's getting MVPs and MVP runner-ups to yeah, when they were going back and forth between him and Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, yeah and him and Miguel, right? And you could have clearly made the argument that Miguel probably deserved some of those MVPs, right? Uh, so you gotta look at it this year. Who's gonna be the face of baseball? Now we know as former players and fans, right? It should be, in my opinion, coming up, Acuna, Tatis, Vladimir. I mean, that even Biggie. I mean, there's a lot of young stars now that are coming up in in the league. Mookie, right? Mookie is balling out of control. Why can't he be the face of baseball right now? You know, one, winning two MVPs in two separate leagues? Like, why can't he be the face of uh, baseball right now? That's why I'm saying, that's why I was asking you. So I asked you, do you think it was some type of privilege that year when he won? No, I, I, I don't, because this wouldn't have been a situation. This wouldn't have probably been a question if we hadn't have been going back the past three to four years. Well, no, it, it's and always that, been a question in this community, brother. <laughs> it's well, always I know it's been, been right, but... but but with everything that has happened, with social media, it just haven't been out there. But we like being black, we know that certain things don't happen for us because of you know, being a person of color, we know certain things don't happen because of the, the skin tone. I mean, yeah. it is what it is. So even though it wasn't something that was like, okay, we're going to say it the way I just said it. You could make that argument. Hey, we're gonna give it to the white dude because we don't want a Hispanic to be the face of baseball right now. Um, it, that could be. I mean, it, it could be. I'm never gonna take that off of the table. Right. I'm never gonna take that off of the table. I'm just my my only point with it is yes, it's always it's always a topic, but that question means a lot more now than it would back when that had happened only because social media exactly and, and you're it. correct you're 100 yeah. correct yeah you're 100 correct so 
I don't know. I don't think anybody would have normally looked at it at that at that way. I think the standard wouldn't be to look at it that way. I just but, think. But it was- hold on, do you think Miguel looked at it that way? Because you got to think about it. You know, growing up brown, like they they gave it to the they gave it to the white dude. You know what I mean? Like you gotta you gotta start. Maybe that's what happened that year. Now I'm not saying that it didn't happen, right? Yeah, I'm not saying it did or it didn't happen, but I'm just saying you making that argument. He hit. He had a triple crown, bro. Nobody. I mean, we can look it up. Nobody does triple crowns. Okay, so right. we can look that up. I think there's you know, only 16 triple crowns in the history of baseball. I think maybe if that right, maybe yeah. so. And he almost did it twice back to back. Almost did it back to back, and he still didn't do it. Get it right. So at the same time, you gotta think. Wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, like I'm just saying, maybe nobody else was thinking about that, but maybe Miguel was thinking like, well, shit. And, and I, that's a valid question in his in, in. I mean, it's a valid question, period. But it's more of a valid question if he's thinking that, right? Because yes, like, but what drives that question? the very, very start for me is why would a pitcher even qualify for the MVP? That's my thing. Like if I'm doing this well, why would I even have to compete against this? Because they've got their own. Yeah. So, so the fact that it was given is one thing, but the fact that they're even, hold on, you know, they they have a slugger award too, right? So should batters not get the MVP? Well, but there's a silver slugger for every position. It'd be different if there was an MVP for every position, then that's a different question. But there's only one Cy Young in each, just like there's only one MVP in each. Yeah. So at that point. But that's why it goes back to, like I said, bro, like you, the NBA, for example, right? They should have an offensive player of the year versus an MVP, right? They should have that position. Agreed, because if that were the case, they owe Michael Jordan and LeBron James a lot more MVP awards. Absolutely. They can give the, the the offensive player awards to Kevin Durant or James Harden, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Giannis. Steve Nash. Know. I mean, they have a defensive player of the year award. Why not yeah. have an offensive player of the year? But that's and why I, I'm I made that argument. The NFL, the NFL has it too. They have an offensive player. So my, College football. So maybe – MLB needs to have maybe a, you know, maybe he should have, maybe the Cy Young Award is more of a defensive player of the year award, right? Because that's what the pitchers do. They play defense, right? So maybe Cy Young should be more of a defensive player of the year award. And then you go, okay, well, we have an offensive player of the year because then we know that Miguel would have gotten that and possibly the MVP. So then do you just call it, defensive uh, position, defensive player of the year and pitching defensive player of the year, because there's already a defensive player of the year. Right. You, you're going to have to, because what is the Cy Young for, right? I mean, yeah, it's for being it's, the best. But they'll, they'll consider, they'll consider, and it's, it's, it's rare, but Madison Bumgarner, when he was pitching with the giants, mm-hmm. his home runs were taken, his offensive production was taken into effect. Right. Absolutely. Right. So right. that's what I'm saying. If that's taken into but, effect, but that it normally that you don't see that from pitchers. Well, there's not very many pitchers that can do what he was doing either. Right. right. So, um, I no, I mean, it's just a question that we have to ask. Should, should the Cy Young award 
be, I mean, think about it. I mean, nobody else can win that award. The only person in in history besides Babe Ruth that should be considered for both awards would be Shohei Otani. Yeah. Because he pitches and he plays the outfield. Right. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I still, but like I said, I go back. If, if you, if you have the type of seasons that those guys have, and then there's no big offensive, I mean, we can't use Verlander. I don't remember who did what in Clayton's year, but at the same time, um, if those guys are doing, I mean, triple crowns and somebody hits 80 home runs, right? They should definitely get the MVP. So we're going to move on though. We're going to go to uh, something I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, uh, Naomi Osaka and the mental health. Um, And not just her though, but a lot of athletes, right? So basically my question is, should athletes should athletes get time to their, themselves? I'm going to let you go first. You know, I was a professional athlete, so I'm going to let you go first. Mm-hmm. And and just from a fan's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you, you're a fan, right? And right. let's just talk about everybody's mental health for a second here. Let's talk about what the fans are doing pretty much. Like in the NBA, for example, throwing popcorn, throwing water, right? NFL, you know, um, in baseball, I know in baseball, hell, I mean, you, if you stand on the outfield, especially up in Chicago, you'd be called the, the N word in Boston, maybe the same thing. Right. Um, and being in Boston, those, some of those fans are, they have said racist things, right. You know, um, and my, my whole point to that is, is that though that does wear on you mentally <clears throat> as an yeah. athlete. Now with Naomi, we don't know exactly what's going on with her, but there were a lot of pissed off fans at the French Open, right? And I think sometimes fans forget that these people are human too, and and they have a job to do. But my question is, is how do you feel about the mental health issue with athletes? And then do you feel like it should be addressed more by the leagues that they're currently in? Okay, so this, how much time do we have left on this show? Right. <laughs> you can, you can, you can summarize it. You can. Keep the reason, the reason I ask that is because <clears throat> there's your direct question, and then I can feel like I can kind of diagnose the problem a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So addressing the question directly, I think mental health is the most important thing in the world. Right. I don't. There's nothing below mental health. No. Because if you're not in the right mind, you can't make the right decisions. All right, right, right. So let's let's take high level something that's probably this is probably a lot deeper for her. But let's just take someone having a bad day, right? Let's just yeah, say she, she woke up not feeling too well, a little groggy, etc. She's not in the right mind. Just maybe her boyfriend broke up with her, and then she turns around and she loses this match because she's not in the right mind. Right, right. right. That could cost money, endorsements, career changing things, right? Maybe not extremely drastic, but if it's early in the career, it might have people hesitate to give her a chance, right? right. Just because of one bad day. 
Now let's take it to the higher level. If it's a if it's one bad day, but there's a lot of other things that are going on that are bothering her, which I know a lot of the things that are going on are the racial tensions, et cetera. She wears the masks with everybody's names on them, right? Yeah. So if her mental health isn't there, that could cause her to do be in a, a position that's even more dangerous, right? Right. right. Coming from a, the the voice of being like, I'm a mental health advocate, hundred percent, because I was there. Mm-hmm. I was there. I think I told you guys, I think I told you before, and I think I said it on the show before that, yes, I've had suicidal tendencies. Right. I've, I've attempted. Right. Right. So it comes, it comes from a different area where like mental health needs to be addressed. Right. Period. period. Because it can get very bad and you have to get it off at the very, very beginning. You have to deal with it at the very beginning. So, where does this come into play, though, with why it's accepted by the fans the way that it is, which I think is bullshit. Right. To any fan that has a problem with her taking mental health time away, they, they I don't wish bad upon anybody, but they need to take a look at themselves in the mirror and question this, right? And right. I think where that comes from, though, is – if you ask one of those people that's, that gets upset because she's not there, why would they be mad? We're looking because we came here to see her. We paid this much for the ticket. Mm-hmm. We paid this much for the trip, right? It's the investment, time and energy and monetary reasons as to why this person is probably upset for her taking some time away, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is fairly selfish. But I understand because the media and corporations – have driven up prices for everything so much that that emotional investment has to be there. Right. Right. It's not enough just to pay a couple thousand dollars for some great tickets. Right. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot there that's based on it. And if I think that if, if teams or corporations would say, okay, instead of paying, like it's ridiculous to see a, a nosebleed seat for game three here in Phoenix, it was minimum 280 bucks. Yeah. Right. And that was when they're only letting 6,000 people in. Yeah. 280 bucks. Like, nah, bring that price down, make it affordable. Not everybody's going to be able to afford these things. No, no. Right. So if that's the case, bring your prices down. Oh, but we got to pay these players. Well, we get that, but you guys are making hand over fist on, product endorsements um licensing right everything else you can leave it you these guys could literally charge five dollars for every ticket in an arena and still profit yeah because of everything else right but nope they got to drive the prices up it's the market it's the market it's the market so what do we say about our market psychology is the biggest thing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that's also a market it's just a different form of a market Right. And you have to be in the right mind, period. Right. There's reasons as to why this happens. So I think I'm I'm fine with it. I think people think of it like, oh, it's just a mental health day. Because what would they do when they're nine to five with a mental health day? Just decide I'm going to use it randomly on this day just because and call it a mental health day. That's what you would do. Right. But nobody knows what everybody else is going through. Yeah. So it's very important. Very important. Yeah. So and, and I, no, it's cool. I, I like um I like what you said and, and just speaking 
from the mindset of getting prepared, right? So I'll go back um, to when I was 29, 30 years old, I got cut. And it's like running a marathon, right? So when you're when you're preparing every single day, and there's a certain that's why, like, even to this day now, like, it's hard for me to want to work out because I did it essentially from age three to 30, you know, which is the reason why, you know, over those few years up until when I had my cardiac arrest situation, I was suffering from depression. I was diagnosed as depressed. And, and one of the reasons why was because I was kind of I didn't know what to do when I stopped playing ball. I didn't know what to do when I stopped playing baseball. Um, I had money, but at the same time, now I don't know what to do with that money. And then some things happened where I had to get an FA, a financial advisor, for people that don't know, I had to do that because I started spending a lot more money. And then, of course, you know, during that transition, you know, my poor wife, uh, things will happen. And then, you know, I had to pay taxes and stuff like that. She wasn't my wife at the time. But at the same time, like, I didn't know where my place in life was, right? So mentally, I wasn't there. And then, you know, let me fast forward. I want to fast forward. I want to talk about this. I'm glad you talk about, talked about this as well. Um, I think not only what's going on, like, it could be a boyfriend, it could be a family member or whatever, but I think the biggest problem is social media. I think there's a lot more mental health cases now because of social media just the things that you're seeing on social media right and for me personally for you know my friends and family those that you know know me personally um the reason why you don't see a lot from me is because i don't like what social media does to me personally so i don't look at a lot of people's stories like i'm one of those type of people um like I, I found myself the other day when we were in uh, in Orange County, I was going through deleting uh, a lot of people because the thing about it is, is like, I don't, if this is my thing, if you want my true friends and you want the people I rock with, I want to pay attention to your story. But what I tend to do now is I mute people that I don't want to see, you know, that one that I know, like, let's just use the trading game. We keep talking about this. I know in my heart, there's a lot of people out there full of shit right now. I know there's a lot of people out there that aren't trading like they say they are, and they're making money other ways. And then, and I think that something that I put, you know, my hard work into like since two, 2017, right? That I'm I'm sitting there, I'm I'm doing my thing. I got really frustrated in the situation that I mean you were actually a part of, right? It's people like him that you know, and you can't really blame him because he's getting his money, but then there there's other people that are following those same footsteps, right? And they I think it's just like Kobe said, there's and, and LeBron said this too. There's people that cheat the craft and cheat. The game. And he said, I play the game the right way. Right. I think with what we do for a living is I feel like people are doing this the wrong way. They're using it to. Yeah, it's good. Look, get your money. And I was telling I was telling a friend of mine yesterday, I don't care what's going on with anybody else because, you know, I did. But it was driving me insane. So 
to get back to what I was saying about Naomi, I feel like there's a lot like what you said with the racial injustices and things like that that are going on. I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and a lot of, of my younger black generational people, they probably won't agree with me, but I came up in a different time. My parents came up in a different time. You know, um, my grandfather, my great grandfather, right? All of them, my my grandmothers, right? You know, they all came up in a different time period. And what I want the younger generation to realize is that not even myself, I went through some shit, but I didn't have to go through anything that those guys went through. We don't have it as hard as they had it back then Uh, in the way they've kind of paved the way, but there's a saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Right. And I feel like, and we talked about this before. I feel like it's a game that if you are a person of color, you're not going to win unless you start changing things within the matrix. And what I mean by that is you have to start having more people of color in lawful situations that make law decisions. Right. Um, For example, Biden created a, and not to go completely political, but it all ties into mental health. Biden, Biden made a no, uh, I think it was a, um, a hate crime. It's a hate crime for transgenders and, and things like that. Right. Um, I think he may have done something for Asians. I'm not sure. Where's the hate crime for black people? Yeah. There's the, uh, the bill that was just recently, or actually no, he signed one. Was it for the transgenders the day that he came into mm-hmm. office and then the signed uh, Asian protection one was just uh, just a couple weeks ago? Yeah, so there hasn't been any protection for black people. You know how right? many bills have crossed his desk already, too? I, I have no idea, but it's it's been going across for years, right? Um, I think... You know, like I hear all the time, you know, I have I have family that grew up in the hood. You know, my dad actually grew up in the hood and some people are a product of their environment. But then there's some people that know how to get out of their environment. Right. So but this is the deal. Something like that can drive you crazy. It can drive you mad when you are in that situation. So I, I feel like it is a situation where someone's mental health you know, someone's mental health gets involved and Naomi is probably, she's probably seeing all of this. Right. And she's like, okay, wait a minute. You know, this doesn't bode well with me because shit ain't changing. And I just want to tell everybody out there, people like me hear you, but at some point you got to know how to play the game and know that even though we're playing the game, we're probably not going to win the game. Right. We're, we're, you know, um, Kanye has a song, you know, he says something like, even though I'm rich or something, I'm still like in, in the coop. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they, they, they call you even the soccer player. I don't know if you saw that. I saw this the other day, the soccer, it was a soccer player. Um, this homeless white lady asked the soccer player for money. Soccer player says, uh, you know, I'm not giving you any money. She called him the N word. And then said he was a greedy N-word, right? 
So it trips me out how people, you know, like you can't win in that situation, right? But what I want to do is like even I'm not even talking about Naomi, but I mean um Kevin Love, for example, he went through mental health, right? Yeah. And I think what it is in this generation is going to continue happening is because maybe you're not getting as many likes as you want, right, on Instagram. I really think they need to take that shit away. I, mean, I, I, I was one of the first people on Instagram, I think, and I used it more so. I used it more so as a as a platform for pictures. Like, I still do. Like, you follow me, right? Mm-hmm. I use my stories, like, I'm mostly posting what my wife posts or I'm posting funny stuff because I want to be when I do start posting, which will be probably in the next hundred days or so, because I'm about to go through a massive transformation. Um, just mentally, physically, um, trading wise, you know, I'm about to do a lot of things. I'm about to go in the dark mode myself. Um, but we're still going to be doing our podcast and stuff, but I'm just not going to be on the ground because people got realized, like I know some of the people that are on the ground and they're not doing what they're saying they're doing, you know? And I just want to say to all the people that are listening to this particular episode, don't believe everything you see, you know, you know, everything that shines is not a diamond. Okay. It's, it's more so like a, a cubic zirconia. So for everybody out there that's going through something, I feel you get help and don't be afraid to talk to some, some people, because that was my biggest thing. I became, and you know, my mom was like, you need to be an over communicator. And sometimes when you don't have anybody to talk to, you feel like you don't have somebody to talk to, right? There's always somebody to talk to. So talk to people, start, start, you know, getting out there. And like you said, there's two difference, two differences. It's not a, Oh, I broke up with my boyfriend situation. Um, this, that is not a mental health crisis. Mental health is, is a deeper thing. You know, like, like you said, you had suicidal thoughts, right? But the question I would ask, you know, and you don't have to answer this question, but I'm just saying what was going on in your life that you didn't want to talk to somebody about, right? That you were having those type of thoughts. You know, and me personally, as depressed as I was, I wasn't having those type of thoughts. But I've always, and it's just me, and I always turn to God when something's going on with me. Um, Prayer has been a big thing in my life, and it will continue to be a, a, a huge thing in my life. So I would just say, you know, everybody needs to get help. Um, and I, and I pray for everybody out there, but just know, I'm just sending the message. Just know maybe things will start changing as we integrate and and get mixed and, and integrate our races and stuff like that. But right now we're playing a game right now that we're not going to win. We're going to be involved in the game. Maybe the game right now is in the fourth quarter. Maybe it's in overtime, but at the same time, we got to win the game and we may not win that game. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, I think it's going to be an existing topic for a long time only because it's going to be the only thing that can never like you can't ever gauge the severity unless someone decides they're going to be honest. Right. 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 
So there's a lot of variables in regards to that, that a test isn't going to, to fully, you know, exonerate. It's not going to sit there and say, oh, you can go with this blood test and your mental health is bad. You can't, it's not going to be possible. Right. 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 So there's so many variables that it's, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. And I echo the words. People just need to step up. Like I'll tell you, I, w- I won't go into any of the the, the stuff that, that happened, but right. one, one reason I think that people need to understand that are on the other side of the coin that are fine, that how, like, it's like, well, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? The biggest thing that somebody's afraid to talk about in regards to this topic is judgment. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to judge me for how I feel because of how nonchalant and how low on the totem pole it's been placed. Right. Right. It's like mental health is nah. You can't, you should be fine. No mental health is not something to be played around. With. Mm-hmm. So I think the narrative on it needs to change. And I think it need, and the only way that we can is by making awareness even more. So yeah, yeah and, I think and, and for the fans, people realize that these guys are athletes. They do a they do a job. And right. and there is they're not Superman. You know, I know we get caught up in all that stuff, but just realize that you know, when you need some personal time off, that's probably when you have a regular nine to five and you need some personal time off, then you take that personal time off. And that's what she's doing, in my opinion. I think she's taking personal time off. Kevin Love did it, you know, because you got to protect this, this situation. I'll, I'll be honest. I stopped last year. I think I only made like 67 grand trading last year. And the reason why is because my mental, you, you talked about it as well. I needed some PTO. I needed some personal time off mentally because what people don't realize as a trader, it's a very um, lonely road. You know, I, I in my opinion, Feel like you can't be a set you can't be successful um because this is the deal michael is you can make a hundred thousand dollars on the charts that's not my hundred thousand dollars you get what i'm saying yeah. so you know it's a very lonely thing you know now a lot of people like you know you're part of a couple of groups a a, a, a couple of businesses and courses like that you can make money like that and then you won't have to have a job. But sometimes when you, when you just doing this and you not, not, and, and I don't, this is me personally, cause I've, I've been on both sides. I don't feel like, you know, I feel like me personally, if a person really wants to learn this, they need to go to baby pips. And, and I feel like if they just want the baby pips, because all you're doing is learning someone's strategy at that point. Right. But your strategy might not fit in with the way I think. And I think as a trader, we forget that sometimes. And I don't like taking money away from people. I feel like that's the worst thing that can happen, especially if I don't like I'm not saying we're not going to bring them up. But at the same time, you know, you're taking money from somebody (laughs) and you have no fucking idea what you're doing. Right. You have no idea what you're you're really doing. So um, I had to go back and retrain myself last year. And it's something that I didn't even talk to you about, but my wife knew about it. And I had to go back and retrain myself 
and get back into my own mode because mentally I got messed up last year. So I got, I didn't even like look at a single chart the last three, four months of the year. Like it just, it is what it is. Like I just didn't look at a chart and thank God I had the year before I had a great year of trading, you know, I had a six figure year, so I didn't have to worry about last year. You know, me and my wife, we were, we were fine. So now I'm back on my grind, back on my thing, fixing thing, but I've learned something out of this whole thing. You got to depend on yourself and have those outlets out of those outlets like you and my wife and stuff like that. But at the same time, like I was just saying, it doesn't matter how much money you make when you're on the charts, that ain't going to pay me. So even out there, you know, cause I, I, I'm the reason why I'm speaking on the mental health with the traders. Cause I do know that there are some traders that suffer from mental health trading because they're trying to keep up with the masses on Instagram. You're not going to ever be, um, a Q bank. You're not going to ever be an Andrew. You're not going to ever be a, a, a King Sean. You, you're going to have to find your own niche and find the type of psychology you can when the type of money that you see yourself losing, right? When that thing goes, when the things start going south and you have a, a 10 lot in, which is a hundred dollars, right? Or standard in, which is $10. And you've never seen that type of you losing that type of money before and you're not patient enough, that, that, that does something to you mentally. Right. So you get freaked out and then you, you lose money and then you're like, I can't do this shit, but how is this guy more successful than me? And the reason why is because you're comparing yourself to someone else. And that's what we're doing on Instagram. So I will even say that to, to, to anybody mentally, Stay your own lane, right? When it comes to, to anything, just realize that there are people that need their time to themselves to get right in whatever it is. And and you know, if if you're close to me and Michael, you can always call one of us if you're yeah. close to us and hit us up and just talk, you know. Um, because it's a serious thing out there, and I'm glad we actually touched on this for 30 minutes because you know, we're, we're a sports podcast, but at the same time, people need to hear that you're not alone. I didn't even know that about Michael, uh, myself, right? I didn't know that that happened. And just like you didn't know me personally, that, you know, that that stuff happened. But I think it needs to be something that somebody, everybody needs to talk about. But this is the the one point I'll drive home before I'm done. Don't be sensitive. Don't be insensitive about the situation, Right. And for mental health people, you know, figure out what it is that you're going through and address it because there are people out there that can help you. You know, for the, speaking from the fan side of it, have you ever seen the movie Fever Pitch? Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Great movie, right? Yeah. Great Billy movie. Brothers movie, Drew Barrymore, yeah. Jimmy Fallon, right? Red Sox movie. Mm-hmm. There's a perfect scene that I wish the public would actually take upon. Mm-hmm. They were upset because the Red Sox had lost, right? They go out to dinner, Jimmy Fallon and his buddies, right? Yeah, and they see Jamie, uh, Jonathan, they see uh, Johnny Damon and, and, uh, Jay, yeah, Jason Baratag, Johnny Bar- Damon, and mm-hmm. Nixon. Yeah. And realize and they're just like, players, too. Right. They're like, look at, look at them. They're, they're just like us, right? Like, it's, 
we, we put the them on this pedestal and we tend to forget sometimes that they are human beings. Yes. Right. Which is why it's so important. Like, do you, do you think everybody in the world could handle the same pressure that let's say a LeBron James has, or oh. even let, let's even go into the basketball side, Kyrie Irving and Russell Westbrook. Right. Yeah. I don't care who you are. You don't deserve to have a water bottle thrown at you. You don't deserve right. to have food thrown at you. Uh, you don't deserve that when you're sitting there doing your job. If you're sitting in your office cube and you're typing up a couple reports, you want someone to come, hey, boo, throw some popcorn at you. How are you going to feel at that point, right? Like people don't ever do that and they become selfish. It should be assault. I mean, I honestly believe it should be assault. Like it should be assault. If you throw somebody at a player, that should be assault. Now, yes, it definitely should because the, the stakes are are higher now mm-hmm. because of these things, right? Well, it's an object. I think it always should have been. If you're throwing an object at me, you're trying to hurt me. So I feel like that should definitely be assault. That should be bodily harm. I, I don't care if it is a, a water bottle. If it's full and I throw it at you, it's going to uh, hurt you. Bust my face. <laughs> right. <laughs> You know? right. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, and and here's the thing, though. I mean, and, and I'll leave it on this part of it, but Kyrie ended up turning out to be correct with what he was saying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right? So now that opens up new Pandora's box for the NBA of how do you address this in your arenas? Yeah, and they have to. You have to protect the players. You, there's no... Right. You know, you know, and as much as I didn't like it, I was okay with Ron Artest going into those stands in the pal- the malice of the palace. Well, yeah, I mean, that was karma. Well, this is the deal, right? That's karma yeah. for the fan in the sense of Ron Artest and Steven Jackson's fist hitting those two. Yeah, you got to realize because if they catch these guys outside, how about that, right? Catch right. Them outside, how about that, right? they're going to get in more trouble than the fan. I I mean, let's just keep it real. So when you go at, I feel like athletes feel like they're in the same battle. Could you imagine? Hold on. I just want to paint a picture for you real quick. Could you imagine when Ray Lewis, we know Ray Lewis is probably one of the most intense players ever to play the game of of football, right? Shout to the U. Um, Could you imagine him walking off the field with his helmet off and somebody throw a fucking water bottle at him. Ray Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we could have a, we could, we could joke about that on the telephone. We won't do it here. But, right. Right. But you know, like, no, flat out. No, no. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, so people, you gotta be careful. But it's, it's entitlement though. It's entitlement because then it comes back to that, that full circle. Yeah. I paid for this. I did this. I did that. Right. This is what I sacrificed. Right. Did you say I sacrificed all my my love for the game for this? Right. I is a game. It's a fucking game. Right. But even then, I don't care how much you paid for your ticket. You chose to pay that. Right. You chose to buy all those souvenirs right. and the food here at the arena. That's your fault. Your decision. Right. If you didn't like it, don't do it. You but don't turn really- around and make to feel bad for that when i'm sitting here trying to do my job right right that's stupid all right so moving on um we'll touch on mental health as it comes up because i think that's something that's very important need to be touched on 
But moving on, do you think that the New York Knicks had a successful season? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. My mom, my mom, who uh, is a hardcore New York Knicks fan and been a New York Knicks fan for for at least as long as I've known her. So So it's it's funny though, but what I will say is this is I know where this topic stems from, and I agree with what was said a hundred percent. And I'll quote Stephen A. Smith on this. Uh Julius Randle is for sure not a number one. He's an he's an elite number three. I think number two and a, and a, and a, and a, and a decent number two, right. but for sure not a number one. Right. Which brings me to what I was going to say the other day about the Knicks. Now, as far as the Knicks go, I was one that was cool. I said, yo, they passed on KD. They didn't even interview him. Right. Or allow to be, allow him to interview them. Right. They didn't even ask. They just passed on KD. And why did they pass on KD? Because they were afraid because of the Achilles situation. They were, they were afraid of the Amari Stoudemire effect. Amari Stoudemire had a hundred plus million dollar contract with them and didn't play up until like the end part of the contract. And even then it was bad. So it was a waste of a contract. They didn't want to make that same mistake. Right. So people were pissed off. Even New York Knicks fans were pissed off. Because not only did that take Kevin Durant away, but it also took Kyrie Irving away. Yeah. Because they were going to join up no matter what. So it's like, oh, what the hell? Well, and then the same well, year. I will say this. I do know for a fact the plan was never to go to the Knicks. Of course. Of course. Okay. Hey, Kyrie, Kyrie, Kyrie wanted to go to the Knicks because he's originally from New Jersey. So, right. so he was going to go to Brooklyn anyway. And he just wanted KD to come along with him. Now, KD was going back and forth for a while, but you're right. They didn't even like at first you were hearing New York Nick reports, but then okay. after that, it was just kind of like, uh, no, I'm going to go to Brooklyn, you know, cause they don't want me, you know? So. Right. But what did they do? They pretty much gutted that team and brought people in on one and two year contracts with no superstars. No. They drafted R.J. Barrett because they were supposed to also get the number one pick to get Zion Williamson that year. And I don't think R.J. Barrett is a number one. Either he's probably a number three at best as well. I oh, mean, I I agree with you. I agree with you. But he, he could be a critical role player. Yeah. And in the system, in Tom Tom Thibodeau's system, he could be very good. He it, could be very. Good. Yeah. So. My my thing on the Knicks though was that was actually kind of genius like because had they passed on it but not given one and two year contracts to everybody. Then I'd have been like, what the hell are you doing? You're really putting all your eggs in this basket. But the caveat to the one and two year contract players was we're going to re-up who we need to after that. And then we'll have one more year to do the same thing. Right. By the end of that second year on a lot of those contracts, you're either going to be with us or you're going to free cap space to the point to where we have so much money to spend. We could go out and offer Giannis Antetokounmpo. Not that he's going to go, but uh, they can offer players like that. For the next. Three of them. They can get three of them. And pay them easy with who they have on the team still. This this is it's a couple of things wrong with that scenario though. Okay, one a lot of people don't like playing for tips. Um, I'm just gonna put that out there. Well, I've heard that a lot of people don't like playing for him. One, two, two, they do have the money, but what superstar is gonna actually come there? 
Now, you know, okay. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler turned it down. Giannis is signed now with Milwaukee. So unless it, it's a trade there, that's different. Devin Booker is also signed for a while, right? Maybe these guys come then, but I feel like this should be a Golden State Warriors situation. Homegrown players, homegrown, get some good guards, draft well. You know, Golden State, then the only player that came to Golden State was was it was KD, you know, when he came and you know, after getting up being 3-1 at the Oklahoma series, uh, Thunder series. And I went to every single game in that series, by the way. And, you know, for them to come back, you know, and I saw the way he played. I'm going to see how he plays this year, you know, with those guys. But at the same time, and I love KD. I just want to put that out there. Um, Everybody thinks it's a soft move. I just said he just wanted to get two championships and then leave. You know what I mean? Why yeah, not? If, hell, if I'm LeBron James, I go to Golden State. I mean, to be honest with you, because because <laughs> Steph is not Steph is not Steph is not leaving Golden State. I know you think he is, but he's not leaving Golden State. I didn't say he was. I said it's a possibility. I'm not saying <laughs> a, a big possibility. It's a possibility of the world coming to an end. It's it's kind of like <laughs> kind of like. Dumb and dumber, right? One in a billion, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, so you say, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's a chance that you can marry a supermodel too, Michael, but we don't know. I did. <laughs> right? So, so, but I don't, I, I don't know what they end up doing. I would have thought Jimmy Butler could be on the table for that because... But, that he, but tell us who you feel like is can go there because you were about to point that out. Well, that's what I was going to say. It was Jimmy Butler. No, no. He had but, a chance to go there. They offered him money. He went to Miami instead. Well, that that was before now that they're kind of on the rise. They had a good season. No. He's gaining attraction he, now. That's the thing. You, know, you want to know why he signed with the Miami Heat? Because he loves the culture, right? Uh, yeah, I would. There's, that's not the same culture in New York. Tibbs has a different culture, and he's played for Tibbs. He loves Tibbs, right? He's played for him, played for him twice. But I think he loves the Miami culture, and unless Tibbs go down there, he's not leaving Miami. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, after losing in the first round? He's on the contract for two more years, so he's definitely not leaving. Yeah, I've been signing trades, whatever. But how you know Tibbs is gonna even be there in the next few years? And he, and he may not. I'm just I'm just speculating. I'm thinking of names that could end up coming that route because no. this isn't this isn't a, a uh we have to win now situation for the Knicks now. This is longevity. If I'm, if I'm the Knicks, I don't throw any money out there in the class that's not gonna be the only player they should think about getting this year, if he wanted to leave, is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard should be the only player that you go after. And, you know, what would have been even doper is if LeBron James would have gone there. Being the king, you know, even though you're a Laker, could you imagine being the king of New York? Like, I'm talking about the king of the most massive fan base in the world. Like, could you imagine being the king of that? You know, so. So you so you don't think and let I, I just pulled these up. These are going to be the free agents for this year. Mm-hmm. You got Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, 
Mm-hmm. You don't think Kyle Lowry could end up in New York? I mean, anybody can end up there. Do they fit there? No. Could you don't Chris, think Kyle Lowry would fit there? Chris Paul. They don't even need him though because they have Derrick Rose playing very well right now. Chris Paul fits there more so than 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 Kyle Lowry. I don't see Kyle Lowry fitting there. Kyle Lowry is a he's not a clutch point guard. He's a he needs a supporting. He needs that supporting cast, but he needs that superstar. But that's that's what I'm saying. The other person that's a that's a, that's a going to be a free agent that I don't know. I could see teaming up with again is Demar Derozan. But they didn't do anything in Toronto. I can see Kyle Lowry and 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 Ka- Kawhi Leonard doing. Well, something. that's also an opportunity as well. Yeah, but, but this is my deal. You don't give Kyle Lowry that type of money on the, on the end telling his career a guy that does you seeing what these point guards are getting nowadays no i get it right but if i'm the Knicks, if i'm the Knicks, i stay the course right there's a saying called stay the course stay right. on the path just be build your team the right way they'll come right julius julius randall in my opinion had a great year but when it came down to it, he's not Kobe, right? And, and, you know, when they put, they were putting three people on him and he was making bad decisions with the ball. RJ Barrett, bad decision with the ball. That's going to come with growth. But RJ Barrett, I don't even see, like, RJ Barrett was the number one high school prospect yeah. when he came out and went to Duke, right? But then he has a fatal flaw. He only goes one way. Julius Randle only goes one way. They both not anymore. Not anymore. Julius Randle did a lot because he used to go right all the time. He goes left. Well, he's he showed that he's left-handed. So, but the thing about it is, they he needs somebody else. He definitely needs somebody else. I don't think they should give Andre Drummond that money either because I know he's going to be a free agent as well. Dennis Schroeder, I don't give him that money either. They just need to wait, make a good draft pick. I wouldn't expect them because I think Tibbs, I think this team was coached very well. And I think D Rose is probably better than anybody else that they could bring out there anyways. Like, I know, say it again. Outside of Chris Paul, yeah. Yeah, D, D Rose, in my opinion. I mean, I I like Chris Paul, but Chris Paul – I like Chris Paul, but I don't feel like it's the same. I don't see him leaving Phoenix. I don't see him leaving Phoenix unless he goes to the Lakers or the Clippers. It doesn't make sense for him to go anywhere else, even possibly Miami, right? Doesn't make sense for him to go anywhere else. If he goes, you know, if if Derek, I feel like Derrick Rose is the best fit for that team um, right now, and then just, just getting somebody in back up and waiting, like you know, I don't see any other point guard unless, like, we see what De'Aaron Fox is doing, right? De'Aaron Fox, he hasn't pushed Sacramento over that threshold yet, right? John Wall, good as he is, he hasn't pushed them over the threshold. The only other player that I can see pushing that particular team over the threshold, other than Chris Paul, would be Russell Westbrook, in my personal opinion. Because they have a bunch of role players that Russell Westbrook can get a fucking hundred assists to. And Russell Westbrook is one of those people you have to draw attention on them. So if you have somebody like Alec Burt, you know, uh, Bullock hitting threes, RJ Barrett hitting threes, 
they have a good supporting cast. So if you have somebody like that, maybe you get a little bit further. But the Hawks, the Heat, the Bucks, and the Nets, they're just that far ahead of them right now. So in that case, it, we shouldn't probably be talking about 2021, but we should probably be talking about 2022 then. Yeah. Next year, not this offseason, but the next offseason, right? Yeah. So, and why I say that is because what happens, what do you think happens in Brooklyn if they don't win the championship this year? Well, it's not if they don't win the championship. It's going to happen anyways. If they do win the championship, it's going to happen. They're going to blow the team up. The only two players are going to be there is only three players, sorry, going to be James Harden, um, KD, and Kyrie. The- well, not necessarily. Because all three of them, these are all with player. These are all player options, but they can all they can all opt out. Yeah, and but that's a, that's a contractual thing. I think that they did that because LeBron James started that. He's the of guy. Course. No, 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 of course, of course, of yeah. course. But that's what I'm saying. Could that be an opportunity for the Knicks to take advantage of that time and try and? This get- is my this is my problem with that. It depends on what type of players they are, right? Um, I mean. Well, the rest of the list includes John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, Kemba Walker, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving. Those are all uh, – Zach Levine's going to be a free agent. Like, oh, now you're talking. If we throw Zach Levine – I love Zach Levine. If you throw Zach Levine into that situation, right, if he decides the Bulls aren't doing anything with me, right, he throw he he gets you get Zach Levine and you add I imagine I don't even think Chris Paul will be playing still he may but imagine having Chris Paul with Zach Levine and Julius Randle and that same cast in New York that's a that's a solid team. A there's team. a lot. There's a lot of names out there that they could try to persuade. I just. I don't see. I don't. It doesn't make sense for them to get John Wall. Um, maybe KD decides he's going to leave the Nets and go to the Knicks. Um, I think that makes a little bit of sense. I think Kyrie would leave before Kevin Durant would. Kyrie is not leaving though. I, I don't feel like Kyrie is going to go to the Knicks. I feel like yeah. even though that was one of his best favorite teams growing up, he had the opportunity. Yeah. You know, he had the opportunity, but now you look crazy as hell. Yeah, that's like that's like Paul George. You grew up a Lakers fan, but you signed with the Clippers. Right. <laughs> that makes no sense. Like, oh, and then you change it. It's on Twitter, bro, that you said you love Kobe Bryant. You grew up a Laker fan. And then I don't I don't care. I just wanted to be back in L.A. Right. That's what he said. Right. If I. You know who also is on that list? Zion Williamson. Zion is the only person I see leaving the Pelicans and possibly going to New York because he loves playing there. And they will and they will have the cap. If I'm New York, that's what the hell I'm doing. I'm waiting. I'm not getting anybody any money. I'm throwing the house at Zion Williamson. I'm throwing the house at him if he proves that he's a solid player. But I will say this. He will make more money as a Pelican after his contract is over because they can give him the max. New York can't give him the max. Right. So unless he wants to take less money, go to New York, then get the max, you know, it'd be different. But at the same time, it's a Giannis situation. The max 
is something that I think helped the NBA because you're not going to see a lot of stars leave like homegrown stars. It's not the, it's their answer to LeBron's to, to LeBron's power shift. LeBron yeah. put the power shift into the into the players, and the NBA had to come back and say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We're not used to this." So here's the power shift. Now your homegrown teams they can pay more. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was actually smart, though. It was it was this is chess, not checkers. Like it was the smartest thing you've done when you're as young as, let's say, Zion. So Zion's contract, he could be a free agent. It's a team option. Right. So they're going to pick it up and he can play through 2022. Right. But that means the following year. Yes, he'll have the choice if he and this is going to show what New Orleans does in the next two seasons. Right. Because he could say, nope, I'm going to opt out at the end of this contract, play for this one last year, take that loss of money, go to New York, and still be young enough to get a max deal in four years. Oh, no, I mean, the way the max, the max, he is young enough to get the max. The way the max worked, though, is you got to be in a, in a, in a, in a uh, state for four years. You got to be at, yeah. on a team for four years. So, right. I'm just saying he's young enough. But I don't think I don't think he I don't think he's gonna turn that money down. I mean, look what Giannis did. Giannis, like, look, you're gonna take I don't know what it was, but you're gonna take sixty something million less to go to a different different team. Hell no, I'll go there to vacation. Like I'll go there. That's generational wealth money. Same thing with 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 uh, same thing with with Steph, right? He took the max. Draymond, there was no other team that was going to give him that kind of money. Right. No, and, and, and facts. But, yeah. but, but, what team in the NBA has the lowest economic, what is it? Uh, how to describe it? Oh, economic market. I'm thinking probably San Antonio or, nope. or, or New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. They still can offer him two hundred and fifty million dollars based on TV deals and things like that. Right. But he'll still have a better opportunity to even make more money in New York. No, he won't, because after his four after his four years, after his four or five years there, he still won't. There was the same thing with it was the same thing with Giannis after they. This is the deal. The the New York. Where's where's Giannis from? Where's Zion from? What do you mean? Where are they from? Where's Zion? Where's Zion from? You mean where he's born? Yeah, where's he born? Where do you live? Where do you get raised? South Carolina. Okay. I I, I didn't know it was South Carolina. I was actually asking. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. My thing is this: you're not gonna turn down. Now, look. If he if he knows that he's gonna get more endorsements and he know he can make more money and and I'm talking about off the court. Gonna That's be commercials, movies, and stuff like that, and he wants to take the hit. But hold on, his mom is a businesswoman. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure she's gonna be like, "Son, you young, take that max, just like Giannis's mom did to him." And then after this contract, maybe he goes to where he wants to go to. But I don't think that he leaves anywhere. After I, I think he's. I mean, unless he just wants to be a New York Knicks, but it's going to be hard. But by the time his contract is over, the market is going to be way different. It's going to be hard to turn down that kind of money. Right. But but if you can make money 
in the endorsements because you're in a 10 times bigger market than the Pelicans are. Right. Right. You can sacrifice your first max deal to go over. No, I get that, but I don't that's, think he's that's what that's what I feel like is going to happen. Bro, bro I just don't but it's not, you gotta, but it's, look, at, you gotta look at where these guys come from, like in the situations they're in. Now, let's just say Zion's dad played in the league and his mom had money, you know, kind of like you know, Steph Curry or whatever the case it was, right? Let's just say that kind of situation happened. I can see him thinking about it, but generational wealth. He makes more money with Jordan than he does in this New Orleans contract right now. So I'm talking about generational wealth. It's hard for you to turn that down. You'd be crazy to turn that down. Like, and you're not for sure. I mean, look, I'll use Julius Randle. How many, he's a New York Nick. How many, how many endorsement deals he got right now? Julius Randle was not Zion coming out of high school. I, I get that, but you don't know. This is also the other thing you said. They didn't invest in KD. Zion Williamson is injury prone right now. Right, but Zion Williamson also, when he becomes that re, re, uh, restricted free agent, he's going to be 22 years old. And I don't – yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He could still sign with New Orleans and still become a New York Nick at 27. Get your right, money. but then but then he's taking that long of his career it doesn't to matter. not get paid from the New York Knicks. It doesn't matter. Look what oh, LeBron it, it did. Could matter. It could matter. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, if they're the New York Knicks, they're gonna be the New York Knicks. It's just like the Lakers or the Lakers. Like it doesn't they have, like I said, they get they've got a lot more money to spend. Yeah, it doesn't, they're not, but this is the deal. After that contract, they have a cap on what they can offer him, though. Versus I know. a max cap, cap, same no, thing. I know. I know. Everybody kept saying, Giannis is going to Miami. Giannis is going to Miami. He's not going to Miami because he would have lost more money going to Miami. Like, it just, hey, but don't make dollars. But see, this is the perfect example. Giannis is 26, 27, yeah, 26 years old. So he would be in the situation that had he had he been that opportunity that Zion may get at 22, had Giannis had that offer at 22, he could have taken it down to Miami and then got the max deal now from Miami rather than, nope, I've been here for this long in Milwaukee, now I have no choice. That's what I'm talking about as far as Zion. He might be so far into it with New Orleans that it might be too late to go to New York by the time that first max deal comes out. Otherwise, he sacrifices it first goes and gets his first one over there after the first four years. Yeah, but Make I don't, think, I don't, I don't think he's going to pass up the max. That's just me. I, I that, and that's going to that's gonna be interesting to see. There, there's, there's been a lot. Like Brandon Ingram got the max this year. He could have signed with the Knicks. Mm-hmm. They, they were able to offer Brandon Ingram because he was traded. So he didn't have to follow those same rules, right? Right. He was traded. So mm-hmm. New Orleans was his home team. He got the max deal from the New Orleans Saint. I mean, New Orleans Pelicans at that time. Yeah, absolutely. I, and he could have signed with New York. He absolutely. didn't go. And Brandon Ingram is going to be a star in this league. So I feel like I feel like I don't see Zion leaving at all. You know, I don't see him leaving. I don't see him leaving that kind of money on the table. Now, if he starts getting the endorsements and stuff, because people forget. Michael Jordan made more money off the court than he did on the court. 
right? He was Chicago Bulls. That is a big city, though, right? But the NBA salary caps, they weren't like they were. The NBA, they don't have a cap. I'm sorry. The NBA salaries were not the way they are now, right? There's more money, more things involved, right? But then he did have one of the biggest, largest contracts. Where he, <laughs> he signed the last two years, two, two years, 50 million. He was making 25 million, right? I think the only person that was making more, more money than him at that time was Kevin Garnett. Uh, I mean, Kevin Garnett. So at the same time, I just don't see him leaving. I don't see him leaving, but that's going to be something else that we, another time that we can debate. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be something to watch for. I mean, nobody's loyal these days within the sports teams, but I get it. Why? Yeah. And with that, I am Duante Keller Woods for my main man, Michael friends. This is take after the take. We see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.